0: If you have never read the novel, Five Little Indians, I can't tell you enough that you are missing out. It was the debut novel a few years ago for our next guest, Michelle Good, an award-winning Cree writer and member of the Red Pheasant Cree Nation. It took the issue of dealing with the trauma of residential school abuse and families, and it It just propelled it into a national conversation, and it is a conversation that continues in Canada, especially over the next few days, and I'm so honoured that Michelle Good is with us now to help us make that conversation happen right here. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Did you
0: sense when you were writing originally Five Little Indians that it would be such a seminal book?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. No?
0: What was that like?
1: Uh, No. No, I mean, I I sat down to write that book with a very specific purpose, and, um, you know, that was to try to shed light on why the impact of residential school abuses and the system itself continued to resonate in the community in response to that sort of terrible thing that we would hear all the time, why can't they just get over it? So, I mean, I knew that I had, you know, inside information, if you will, that I was more knowledgeable about that than, you know, your average bear, but I really had no clue that it would be, uh, you know, responded to in this way. I thought it would be a niche book for a niche audience. Boy, was I wrong.
0: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, you were wrong about that in a nice way. You were wrong in a nice way. Um, in a great way. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Let's talk about the second book as well, because truth telling is very different. And What made you want to try something different like this?
1: Well, um, actually, I, was, I had already started working on a second novel. And when I you know, experienced the tremendous response to Five Little Indians and what I perceived as you know, a profound willingness among non-Indigenous Canadians to enter into this conversation, I thought, this is a moment to capitalize on. Because, you know, and I go into this in, in the new book, residential schools was not the first implement that was used against us from the from the colonial toolkit there were so many things that were done through law and policy to subjugate and oppress indigenous people in this country and then they came for the children and so i wanted to raise some of those things and you know with a particular theme of getting under the myth of canadian history and articulating Canadian history as it was experienced through the lens of the Indigenous experience.
0: Is that profound willingness, as you call it, do you think it's still there? Has
1: it held? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I have been... Oh, wait a minute. I'm on my sixth presentation this week, coming up tomorrow. And it is, beca- it is at the request of... of companies, organizations. It's not just literary events. Um, it's regular Canadian schools, universities that want to get into this conversation, that are committed to it. And it's very satisfying, I must say.
0: What is the message that you take in those presentations? What do you tell people?
1: Well, I, I talk about history. I talk about what the experience has meant to us. And I talk about... How we must get under that myth of Canadian history if we ever expect to have substantive reconciliation. And I asked them to imagine things like what if Indigenous people had received 1% of the wealth that has been generated in this country since first contact? How different would our circumstances be? And, you know, and to use that as What are the kinds of things we must look at to move forward to a time when we can become not only economically self-sufficient, but to retain or to reassert jurisdiction in our territories and to deal with the rest of Canada as the equal partners that we were when we were negotiating treaties? So
0: we're talking, we're listening. Are we making progress, do you think?
1: Um, I think so, but I also think that. Well, no, I know so. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this kind of work since I was 18 years old, and the kind of responses and willingness that I experience now, um, in my 60s, would have I couldn't even have imagined it back then. But how did you and keep so, up doing yes, it though? There how did, has been
0: there must have been so much frustration when you weren't getting those all those years. You didn't get that kind of response. Like, how did you keep doing it, <laughs> Michelle?
1: Well, you know, I can, I can revise that question because I've been asked this on multiple occasions, and that is, are you hopeful, Michelle? And my answer to that is yes, and that you must, if you believe that something is possible, then it behooves us to be hopeful and to, to be energized by that hope and by the belief in what you're doing.
0: Well, that's a beautiful thought, I kind of want to hold that right there, but I still want to talk to you for a little <laughs> bit more because that's a good thing for all of us, I think, to remember what is the message that you would like people to think about on this day?
1: Yeah.
0: Me? Yes. What would you like us to yeah. think about? Yeah.
1: Is uh, so many things. Um, but one is to Engage in some self-examination in the sense of questioning what you think you know about Canadian Mm. history and about the experience of Indigenous peoples in Canada. And then to go forward and to use your privilege that non-Indigenous Canadians have to promote systemic change for substantive reconciliation.
0: I like that. Examine what you think you know. That would hold for so many things these days, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, and reconsider, just reconsider. Come to this with an open mind, yeah. Well, Michelle,
0: thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. That's Michelle Good. Michelle is the award-winning author of Five Little Indians and Truth-Telling, books that if you have not read, you absolutely should add to your list. And we have to tell you here, too, if you or someone you know is experiencing emotional distress or trauma from residential schools, HELP is available 24-7 for survivors and their families through the Indian Residential Schools Crisis Line at one 866 Nine two five four four one nine.